you are listening to the Spurs Related Podcast. Listen for free on Anchor and Spotify. Hello guys, welcome to the Spurs Related Podcast, as usual, and as normal, I'm joined alongside my co-host, Joseph McBride, and today, well, what can I say, huge episode, um, obviously massive changes at Tottenham, massive changes with the Premier League, massive changes with world football, and um, what better off way to start by talking, I think we've got to talk about Mourinho first of all. Um, the man's left uh, Tottenham. Well, he, I say he's left. He's been sacked. Um, there's lots of rumours as to why he's been sacked. Um, Joe, just talk us through some of your thoughts on why Mourinho has gone other than results and um, what ones you actually believe to, um, you know, believe because obviously the media like to make up a lot of stuff. The media like to twist a lot of stuff. You know, what are your thoughts? I don't know why he's gone now, regardless of results. Like you've got a cup final on the weekend. He's coming to to win a trophy, and now you're going to be on the touchline with Ryan Mason. So I don't really understand the timing of it, to be honest. Like, it hasn't been the best season, but there's been a lot of factors to it. Um, it's fallen apart towards the end. I mean, a few years ago, what well, Arteta had a terrible season, won the FA Cup at the end of it, and then every Arsenal fan was happy with that. It could have been a similar situation this time. The timing doesn't make sense. Results, you know, he's in the form table like 18th over the last few few weeks and stuff but the timing just doesn't make any sense and obviously we haven't got on to the next point but the timing of everything else coming to fruition I think has definitely mm. impacted the decision I think I think obviously we'll come on to the the Super League talk in a minute but like you said I think sometimes it might for this example interchange because um, obviously the Super League you know 90% of people are against it maybe even more um, other than obviously the owners you're American and some people that don't really see football like most, you know, football fans traditionally. Um, but obviously, going back to the Mourinho thing, um, just quickly, I say quickly, we're going to be on it for a while. But the the idea that Mourinho's left six days before a final, he's a serial winner. Yes, our form hasn't been good, like you mentioned, 18th in the form league. But my first point would be, does it not make sense to sack the guy after the cup final if we don't win it, and obviously there's a very high chance we won't win it. And secondly, why would you put Ryan Mason, who has no managerial experience, he has head coach experience and assistant experience, why would you put him um, as manager against Pep Guardiola? I mean, if, if I see Ryan Mason masterclass Pep Guardiola on Sunday, I will eat my own words. But I'm, I'm telling you now, the way this club's going, that is not going to happen. And I'm, I'm very, very... I've mixed emotions about it because I, I was kind of Mourinho out slash Mourinho in because I, I said to you, Joe, didn't I? I said, give him till the end of the season, give him the cup final and give him the opportunity to either go off on a high or go off on a low so it's an excusable sacking. Not six games left in the season, six days before a cup final, arguably our biggest game since the Liverpool Champions League final. You know, I can't really say much more than that, Joe. I mean, what were your thoughts? There must be a decent enough reason for it. It doesn't make sense. Like where you are in the league now with the final coming up, you just got to buy the bullet and reassess it into the season. That's what any logical person would do, in my mm. opinion. The only reason a, a decision would have happened is if someone's available now and only now that you see fit, if 
it, it has to be an impulse decision. It, it's, mm. That can't be like a calculated risk. It has to be an impulse decision. I don't know with all the other stuff coming out, if teams are going to split off, if this is going to happen, they need to sort of things now and kind of prepare. But mm. in terms of just the form, in my opinion, it doesn't make any sense. But I think that I'm pointing mm. to after the top four. And I so mean, I like you said, it's not like you're about to get relegated and you need to get three wins or something. Exactly. I mean, it's not a crisis in the Premier League because obviously, you know, the Champions League might not even exist next season with this going on. I mean, it may, may well do and I hope it does. But the fact that there was a rumour about, you know, and I don't know if it's true, a um, couple of, I say a couple, a few, quite a few journalists coming out saying Mourinho refused to take charge of the session. Now, just going with what um, you mentioned to me just before we started recording, Joe, um, obviously players are getting involved in this Super League thing now. Um, do you think that managers and, and, and other managers have come out with quite um, powerful interviews like um, Jurgen Klopp did yesterday before the Leeds game, Pep Guardiola did um, in his press conference earlier. Do you think the managers and the players have heard nothing about these Zoom calls these owners have had about this prestigious league that they're apparently creating? And do you think it's wrong that the players and managers don't hear about a lot of the decisions with clubs? If they haven't, if they do know about it, it's the biggest lie and the, and, and the biggest undercover operation in the history mm. of sport. Because the way they've all come out has been so genuine that they really, you know, they're just coming to terms with it. And um, people have been quite vocal online saying, you know, this, these people need to speak out now. Why aren't they saying anything? Mm. They haven't really had the time to digest it and come up with an appropriate response. Obviously, they'll be backed by their PR teams and their agents and stuff, but... But do you um, think it's wrong, is what I'm saying? Do you think it's not right? Football's about, football's about players and, and managers, really. It's not about, you know, Fiorentina, uh, sorry, Fiorentina Perez, uh, the, the Real Madrid chairman. You know, it's not about Enoch and Levy. It's not about the Glazers. It's not about the Man City owners. It's about the players, the fans, and technically the management. Yes, the owners hold the clubs together. They finance the clubs. But at the end of the day... Football clubs are are owned by owners. They're not. They shouldn't be managed, run, governed. They should. It shouldn't be happening, should it? Well, over the last 10, 20 years, you've seen an increasing like disconnect between the top and and the rest mm. of the club, and it mm. just highlights it. So I genuinely don't think they all knew. You know, they're all running it upstairs, and I know that it should be about the players. It should be about the fans, but it's not. And this is the biggest kind of throw it in your face that we could have had and it completely shows what they care about and it's not as if it's you know you can see the signs they've literally had interviews they've literally had statements saying that our primary concern is profit Mm. is you know revenue and I don't really disagree with that I kind of get it but when they've said you know the well-being of football and the well-being of you know fans and all the rest of it is our secondary concern which is an actual quote that's that was just, from that was from um, was that from Lee? That was from Enoch Group yesterday, wasn't it? Um, about the Mourinho sack. But when I heard it, they hadn't they hadn't disclosed who had said it. They predicted the identity, and it's like, sorry, well, you're doing this is going to affect upwards of a billion people. Like, man up and show your identity. They're doing it to protect them, and it's like, what do you expect? They've said they don't care about bad PR. They know they're going to get a backlash, but they're going to do it anyway, and they're not really bothered. Like, it's just. But they've said. I remember you um, you, you mentioned to me either Levy or Enoch or whoever it is that's uh, covered their identity as one of the board members at Tottenham Hotspur has said in the press quite blatantly 
Um, for, for them, it's about the profits and the success of the business. And the secondary concern is about football, the football, what was it? The football in terms, I mean, whatever it is, they said that the first priority is profit. Now, go back 20 years, maybe even before me and you were born, Joe. Football was not a business. Football was a game for the working man. Football was a game you go and watch on a Saturday, you get in the turnstiles for a fiver, if that even, you know, like I said before, before our time. Why is it now about profit for these these greedy people? Well, I mean, going back to even the start of it, you know, 120 years ago, it was created by working class, like builders, like stealers, all the rest of it. And it's become a game that's been so widely loved everyone, and everyone has loved. And then it's just gone that way because there's always an opportunity. And when it's so many layers to it, I mean, how global it's become, there's money, you know, broadcasting and how accessible it is to everyone, how much everyone wants to see it with how the popularity skyrocketed. Mm. There's an, there's an opportunity. Um, and they just, they just turned, they turned into brands. They've turned into businesses. They've turned into, they're being run like franchises now, even though they're technically not. And this super league is the next step to like make them a franchise like they are in America. Um, Ooh, no one wants that. No one. Wa- so Ryan Reynolds buying Wrexham, <laughs> like, mm they're all talking about it in their little zoom calls and in, in their exclusive cliques in America, you know, Oh yeah. If you want to make any, if you want to buy a club, make easy money, don't listen to the fans crying out. It's irrelevant what they want, because this is an easy bag for you and they're doing it. But does that not crush they you? They don't care. Does that not crush you inside in terms of, of does. what well, can we do about it? Of course I, it crushes me. We had a disagreement recently. Completely understand. We had a disagreement what? recently. Mm. Or not. When you were like Liverpool, what spend, you know, you were basically bitter at some of our success instead of how Liverpool have spent all this money in transfers and you guys haven't. And I was saying the main shareholders at your club are way richer than Liverpool's, but they just don't choose to put their money in in, in, in Tottenham because they don't need to. Because like, they, and they, they care more so about annoying. the business. And, and, and even Liverpool yeah. at times over the years, not as much as Tottenham, but at times have been tight with their transfer, um, you know, okay. transfers. And it shows that actually... The, the balance sheet at the end of the year, financial year, is the most important thing for them. If they're millions of pounds down, like some, you could compare them to the Barcelona owners, for example. How many billions are they in debt? Um, That's why they're jumping at and, this. And, uh, but, and they're, they're jumping at it to claw back their money, like you said. But it, it, how, just quickly, how can you go, and I can't believe on a week where Mourinho's been sacked yesterday, we're talking more about this, but we have to. Um, how how can you justify a league with 12 teams where you can't get relegated, you can't get promoted? And like Guardiola said in his press conference yesterday, or today even, you can't get relegated, you can't get promoted. So the, the main thing about sport is winning or losing, right? So if winning or losing doesn't matter in this midweek fixture, it's just going to be a game of football. And it's not going to be about winning or losing because whoever's top at the end of the day, yeah, they might get more prize money or whatever, but they're not getting promoted or relegated or they're not winning a trophy that's going to mean anything. What's the point? There isn't. The sport, there is no sport when there's guaranteed success. The whole point of sport is competition, right? And mm-hmm. they will come from a land where it's about the entertainment more than the actual competitiveness, you know? 
I'm a big fan of the hockey over there in America and in Canada. And we, we both love the MLS, but we love it because it's like a secondary thing to watch. We, mm-hmm. we have our we have our home and our safe, but we enjoy watching that. But over there, it's the same teams. You can come r- bottom, you can lose every mm-hmm. single game. You don't get relegated, do you? And when there's a draft system in place, you know, if you're the bottom team, you're given the best on the first draft pick the next year. There's no, there's, there's no real, I love how it is in Europe. Basically, these American guys have taken what they've known, taken the model that works over there in terms mm. of finances and everything. And they've just thrown a huge nuclear bomb in the whole way that European sport is, is, is done. The legacy is completely disrupted and they're going to pick it up and just completely ruin it. And it's because of the money, they don't care. It's, mm. it's a shock. I, I love how it is in, in this country, especially because this is what mm. we know the most. Like you can, stories can be there and, and the, the, I'm just trying to think of how to describe it because it's just annoying me so much. I've heard them all say they, they can't get their head around teams getting relegated. They just don't have any investment or any idea into, you know, if I was buying a club, you'd want to invest in the culture. You want to kind of know mm. behind the scenes. You want the to know fans. what it's all about. Yeah. They just skim across the top and take the profits and that's all they mm. care about. They do not of course it is. And like I was also saying to you, um, we bring it up on the podcast again, when I go and watch Tottenham now, I'm not a season to get older. I'm a member, right? So anytime I get a ticket and I want to go, the ticket ranges between probably 50, 40 to £50 pound for the cheapest ticket. And probably, let's be honest, the most expensive tickets are in the hundreds, but let's go for a normal price, sort of £80, £90 pounds if it's a big Champions League game, right? So that's a lot of money alone. Then I have to get the train, um, which is two hours. Okay, that's my problem. I don't live as close to my club as some people, but you know, an hour and a half on the train, that still costs 40 pounds, right? Then <clears throat> then you've got to get the, um, say that's 40 pounds, so let's call that 100 pound, right? Then you're getting food and drink, call that another 20 minimum, right? And then you've got, I think about if you get a program, that's another fiver. Then maybe, okay, you don't have to, but I'm just, you know, a normal match day. And then maybe you don't, you know, yeah, I might have to get a taxi home or a bus, Another 10 here. We're looking at 140, 50 quid for a day to go and watch Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Now, at the moment, right, if I wanted to go and watch Tottenham, which obviously I do miss going to Tottenham and you probably miss going to Liverpool, but my point is, why would I want to go and pay £150 with my owners literally taking the mick out of me as a a customer? Because I'm not a fan, I'm a customer. Why would I pay 150 quid to do that when I know that that money times 60,000 for the stadium is going into Enoch and Levy's pocket, right, to invest in a Super League. I don't want to do that at the moment. And, and another thing is, while we go back to the management thing in a minute, why would I go, want to go and waste 150 quid to go and watch my team get managed by Ryan Mason? Okay? that's an, I, I, And we can laugh all we want about it, right? But Tottenham Hotspur Football Club have gone backwards. And I called this, and Joe, you can back me up, November 2019, we got rid of Mauricio Pochettino. Now, I'm going to quickly jump back to what you said at the start of the podcast. Okay, Mourinho's form was 18th in the league. But so was Pochettino's. And there's people crying wanting Pochettino back, right? So what, maybe Mourinho's sacking isn't a good idea. Because what's going to happen is, what if we get left with a manager? So most people would say Mourinho was a worse manager than Pochettino for Tottenham, right? Then most people, what happens now? If most people say 
the next manager, Nagelsmann, Sarri, whoever it's going to be, right? Ryan Mason, for all we know, if he wins the cup final, he's going to be worse than Mourinho, probably. So we're going backwards as a club. We're going backwards. And and Irish Hotspur said it last week, right? Martin Yo era stuff, right? We're going back to that era. We're going backwards. And I know you don't feel as passionately about it as I do, but I'm getting fed up with it. November 2019 was when this club reversed all of their forwards progress to becoming a top six club. And do you know what? Right, going to the Super League again. Sorry, I'm going to stop this round in a minute. But the Super League top six, yeah? Top six. Okay, Liverpool were granted in it. Like, that's fair enough. Man United are granted it. Man City, Chelsea, borderline. Um, and, uh, sorry, Arsenal. Okay, and I, I, I know we'll probably get hate for this. I think most Arsenal fans will tell me they're not a top six club in the Premier League right now, clearly by the table. And I will say that Tottenham aren't a top six club either. So what God-given right do Tottenham and Arsenal have? Because their owners have got more money than, say, Leicester and Everton and, and Aston Villa and whoever else is overachieving West Ham. What gives them the right to go into this league and, and bin off everyone else? There isn't one. The whole but, point we love about this league is anyone can be anyone and they, they think they're justified to break away. I'll admit it now, West Ham are a better club than Tottenham this year, and they're a better club than Arsenal this year. So why? That's the thing. So it makes no sense. It's not a top six thing, and they call it the big six now. Tottenham aren't a big six club at the moment. Tottenham are a big six club in their financial pockets. That's that's the thing. The big six isn't about success. It's about finance revenue. That's all it is. So I mean, that's another debate, and I'm sure a lot of people would agree with us on that point. I mean, we got to go to the management, Joe. Um, Ryan Mason obviously appointed till the end of the season. Um, I, I can't I, give you an, op- an opinion on him because I don't know. I mean, it's just it's steer the ship until the end, and then we'll go from there. That's literally what it is. Just just be in that in that dugout until either we find a replacement, until all of this commotions kind of calm down a bit or at least mm. have some clarity and then we'll go from there. It doesn't make any sense. I'm I think sorry. your point's like, interesting though. I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you would be happy with me to sh- share your opinion yeah, that yeah. you had with me earlier in the week, but you said to me, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason Mourinho got sacked was to deter the attention of the Super League and they were planning it anyway. Now, I, I, I do agree with this point because... I think Mourinho would have gone if he lost the cup final and for sure would have gone if we didn't get top four as well or or either. And I think they were planning it and I think they're thinking, Christ, we're getting a lot of bad media hate here. Liverpool and Man United are probably getting more media hate because they're the drivers of this with their American owners. Let's sack Mourinho. Get them talking about Nagelsmann in or, or Ryan Mason till the end of the season. Let's deter their attention a bit. I'll tell you what, I'm on the podcast now. I look you right in the eye. I'm talking about both Daniel Levy and Enoch, right? We're talking about Super League and Mourinho out because I'm fuming with both, okay? Uh, Joe, you, you can talk for a bit because I need to sit for water. Just to tell you, whenever there's a huge, you know, bomb drop and suddenly the hate is a lot more balanced than maybe they're expecting, mm. something else comes out to deter it. You know, it happened. I'm not going to go too political on this, but there's a lot of things over the, over the last couple of years that have been really bad, you know, BLM <laughs> movement, um, Prince Andrew, not going to go too much into that. And then as soon as that really happens, that. then he's starting <laughs> to get, I'm just saying, he starts getting interviewed, questioned, oh, this is looking a bit shady. Suddenly Harry and Meghan are making the headlines. You know, there's the whole thing of, all oh, the, the Queen hates, uh, wasn't expecting it to go this way, the Queen hates Harry now and stuff, but I'm not being funny. You probably did the royal family a favour. 
and mm. that that stuff's only just started circling since um you know the whole situation with philip's funeral but anyway it's, it's a classic deterrence tactic and i'm not saying that's what it is he could have been going anyway but it's just I, I, yesterday just watching sky sports it was just so random i just had it on when i was doing uni work and it was big announcement super league big this outrage everyone going mental suddenly breaking news tottenham sack Mourinho, and they're speaking about that for the next four hours and it's mm. just to kind of remove some of the heat temporarily. And it's... It's almost like Levy and Enoch have taken one for the team on the Super League bus, really. I mean, world football, we're talking about that yesterday. Let's be honest, Mourinho, one of the biggest managers in the world. Tottenham, I'm not going to say they're one of the biggest clubs in the world, but they're a big, you know, quite a big club. And suddenly, you know, the, the 12 clubs, I mean, Arsenal fans are talking about Mourinho about... Liverpool fans are talking about it. Ars- um, sorry, Man United, all, all clubs are talking about Mourinho out... Um, suddenly, like you said, the four hours, I mean, they're still talking about Mourinho out now, but the four hours and and further of deterring what was meant to be about Super League, you're right, it's it's a tactic, it's a ploy. The thing is, like, they, I'm very, very confident Man United and Liverpool have been the main ones driving this whole ship. And I don't know if it's kind of to try and, keep a bit of credibility or to try and get the fans to understand but Man City and Chelsea have been quite vocal on the fact that they felt pushed into a corner and didn't really want to do it that's what I've heard it was more when all of these clubs are signing up as much as these teams maybe don't want to you you then can't not join them because you're just going to miss out regardless don't you think that sums it up Joe don't you think if a club is saying I'm not going to join in with this bandwagon I've got to that's showing that the finance is taking over anything to do with the football because it is. if Man City and Chelsea or whichever clubs you just said there didn't want to do it and they got backed into a corner, they're clearly thinking it's not a good idea, but they're thinking for their kitties, it's brilliant, you know? So it's all it's about. Man United, for example, let's say they do well in the Champions League one year. They've got 40 to 80 million of, of revenue coming their way just from the competition alone, right? If just for signing up to this Super League, they're guaranteed 250 to 300 million a year. Mm-hmm. So it's just the levels is, is insane. So that's what I'm saying about you can't not do it. If all of these clubs are breaking away, it's one of those like f- fear of missing out and we could be left with nothing behind. Like the value that they, they've left knowing that they're not stupid. Like they've got all these lawyers involved. They know that there's clauses in, in the contracts for if you go and break away in a competition that's not accepted you're fearing like, you know, sanctions in every other competition. So they've done it knowing that that's probably the way it's going to go. Mm. I won't be surprised if it's, oh, we wanted to do the rest as well, but they've kicked us out and stuff. Um, so, you know, in a devalued Premier League, like a, a Chelsea or Man City are going to want to be left. Like, that's the thing. That's why they've kind of said, oh, we need to go. I don't agree with it regardless. Mm. If it's not about the money, then, you know, you, you stay and you have everyone's respect and pride. But... But a decision needs, just, Joe, a decision needs to be made very, very soon because the Champions League continues next week, right? The Champions League continues next Tuesday, I believe. And, um, you know, apparently teams are going to get kicked out if they go with it. So it's going to be... Um, and surprisingly, PSG aren't in this. I, I'm very surprised about that. If anything, I would have thought they would. But, you know, and this, again, proves how corrupt especially the big six in England are because Bayern Munich aren't part of this. They probably got as much money as um, most of the English clubs. Maybe, maybe not quite, but they've got a lot of money. Dortmund aren't in this. 
Um, I respect uh, legitimate pe- clubs. Though. Pe- exactly, but but why? And and this again goes with the fact that they don't charge as much ticket prices, as much on merchandise, as much on getting to games. You can go and get to a Bayern Munich game, I reckon, for as cheap or thereabouts as a Tottenham game. I, I promise you that. Like I said, 150 much more, quid. Much less. 150 quid, though, for, to go and watch Tottenham, right? Or would you go and watch Bayern Munich with Lewandowski, you know, Gnabry, Sané, Goretzka, Neuer? Or would you go and watch Tottenham under Ryan Mason? When, when the world's normal again... You could go and see Bayern Munich for a similar price with flights included. It's so much cheaper. I went to Hertha Berlin a few years ago to Liverpool away and it cost me five euros for a ticket. Now, that was an extreme circumstance, but a season ticket at Bayern Munich is the similar to the cost. I've been to Champions League games at Arsenal playing Bayern Munich, which was entertaining. I'll give you that. But they protested (laughs) at the game because the cost for them to get the tickets and Mm. to make the trip was Mm. more than their season the Allianz Arena. Can you imagine that? That is embarrassing, it's, isn't it? That is really sick. In Germany as well, the clubs are owned by 51% of the fans. It's a way that their leagues formed. So as much as I don't think Bayern Munich and, and Dortmund maybe would have joined anyway, legally they don't have the same say because they they, they have this set up in, in Germany for a reason and it's for stuff like this. So there kind of remains that, that fan prioritisation and that humbleness. But... That's why I hate Leipzig. That's why they all hate Leipzig because they've come in and just completely disregarded, you know, decades of tradition mm. and, and normality in Germany. They only formed 10 years ago with a mm. branded name and they they used a, a German slur to get around that. They've just bought their way four leagues up to the top and it's just it's just so unethical. Agreed. Uh, I hate it. But um, but but like I was sorry, like I was saying, I, I completely agree with what you're saying there. Like especially with Leipzig. I'm surprised they're not involved, to be honest with you. But um, they probably, again, they probably still don't have as much money as the other 12 teams. But um, like I was saying, like PSG aren't involved. And um, the other semi-finalists, Man City, Real Madrid and Chelsea, those three are, are involved in this. So there's talks that um, if they don't back down, then they're just going to crown PSG as champions of Europe. I mean, that is embarrassing alone. Imagine that's the last ever Champions League, right? PSG... Never quite got there, and they get there via you know simulation of the other clubs. Um, I'd rather them win it that way. <laughs> I don't want to yeah, see of, of course, of course. But for, for me personally, um, I don't know if a lot of Tottenham fans would agree with me. I'd like to see Pochettino um win it. Um, with all due respect, I can't stand Chelsea, I don't want them to win it. Real Madrid, <sighs> greedy, um, and you know. Man City, you know, it might be a way of Kane going to Man City, knowing that they're the European champions. But um, yeah, I just don't. I just don't. Like you said, I can't even. I'm lost for words in terms of talking about this anymore because how can you honestly come in with this proposition and not actually fully think through the implications it's going to have with the fans? Because surely they knew they were going to get a backlash from this. Or maybe they're that they stupid. Did. But maybe they're that stupid they didn't know it was going to be this bad. No, I disagree. I think they knew it was going to be this bad, but they don't care. Because mm. regardless of what the fan implications are going to be, they're going to get the money they want and everything's going to happen regardless of if the fans are there or not. They don't care about these fans. They'll, they'll leave the classic fans as legacy fans and then they're going to 
you know have all these brand new supporters from america from from asia from wherever else because they're, mm. they're gonna have it and i think they're playing off the fact that you know we're all football junkies we've had our whole lives invested in this we've had generations of our family invested in this so they know that they're still going to be able to draw attention from a lot of that they're still going to bring traffic over because they're just profiting off our addiction mm. to history of our club basically and it's I'm going to go on a rant because it just upsets me so much. Like they've come in and they just do not care. They can't get their head around relegation or how anything works in this country. As I said before, football in this country started 120 years ago and it was founded by the most working class you can imagine. People playing on a Saturday. There's been so much years of history, like so many different teams winning it. Some of the oldest teams folding, some of the oldest teams still being still being in circulation now and it's great and as a football mm -hmm. fan i only care about winning something because of the context of like everything behind it when liverpool won the league last year it was a shame there was no fans there but the reason it meant so much is because of how close we got in 2013-14 how much i'd wanted to see it throughout my whole life you know mm. granddad god bless him up there now but he was he saw it the last time he won it and it was amazing and he was he was there through the areas where we had domination and then it faded. And the whole point is it's competitive. The whole point is that the clubs have a dream, that there, there is a vision there if you want it. A team that's close to us, Brighton, they almost were in liquidation 20 years ago. There was that famous mm -hmm. goal a Stora scored in the, in the last minute of the game and saved the club. They were in the third tier, you know, 15, 20 years ago. We were there when they got promoted to the Premier League. And now they're one, the only team that's been promoted that hasn't been relegated again. They've got a sustainable model. Mm. and they're smashing it they've both beaten our teams this season you know it's not just about the top wanting to separate themselves from the rest the teams that are left some of their best memories are when they beat the big teams you know mm. there are 40 50 year olds that talk about a game they went to 20 years ago oh, i'll remember when and that's just going to be disregarded now it's disgusting mm. and even leicester look at that dream they're smashing it right now they're third they bottled top four last year they're in a very, very good situation to get it again, and they should be rewarded. They, in 2008, they were in League One. I remember seeing them play against Charlton. Yeah. <laughs> and they and they, they came up. They were a bit of a yo-yo team. Obviously, there's that classic playoff thing with Troy Dini. They came up, should have got relegated, mm. an unbelievable run, won the league the next year. Mm. Then we're in the Champions League against Atletico Madrid. It can happen. There is a dream there. It, it, it's there. It can happen. You guys playing Marine in the FA Cup. That's a dream it's for a, them, it's isn't it? Yeah. The whole point of the football is is that it's competitive, and regardless of the powers at the top compared to the poor at the bottom, there's a model there. It's something that everyone loves because you can get rewarded for success, and you rightly get punished when you know you, you fail. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it should be. So, ha making this breakaway league, to which they knew that there's going to be sanctions, they want these teams themselves they want them completely protected they want them away from the premier league they'd want them to fill their best teams in the super league and then fill weakened teams like some teams doing the europa league for the premier league matches that don't matter as much they want to protect these players they want to have messi facing up against you know ronaldo or you know i know Mbappe's not going to be in it but mm. players of amazing caliber you know oh wow look at this and it's just all just crap glamorized i would not care as a fan if we were kicked up every other league, you know, Tottenham playing Real Madrid four years ago, imagine you're playing them every couple months. It just doesn't mean anything. I would not support the team anymore. I would not care about watching it. And I'd just be done with it. And if that's what they want to do, go enjoy the team. I'm going to do something else because I just don't have any time for it anymore.
I can't. I can't. Um, I can't disagree or agree anymore. I mean, I can't agree anymore. It shouldn't be what I said. I mean, literally, like you said, the tier system. What? What about the other clubs? What about the Championship clubs? What about the lower league, Premier League clubs? What about League One? What about League Two? If there's no derogative, or that's not the right word, but if there's no, you know, need to go up to the Premier League, why? What? I mean, getting to the even go, like you said, the Championship, right? Okay, so Norwich have just got promoted. Watford are probably going to get promoted. And then there's going to be a playoff. A playoff's a big spectacle, you know, getting to the Premier League. That massive game for that club, whether it's, you know, whether it's um, this season, Swansea v. one of the other top six clubs, you know. Brentford. Okay, let's go Brentford, you know. Brentford-Fulham last year. Brentford were the better team all year round, but Fulham were better on the day and now they're in the Premier League. Yes, they might get relegated, but that's the whole point in football. If there's yeah. no, if if the Premier League now becomes without the, so say this goes through and the Premier League's now not got Tottenham in it, not got Arsenal in it, not got Man United, not got Man City, not got Liverpool, and not got Chelsea. Okay, these teams in the Championship that are battling to play, their dream is to go to Old Trafford, go to go to Anfield. You know, their dream's gone because their dream is now, with all due respect, and I respect Leicester as a club, the biggest game they're going to have is Leicester City away. Or Everton away. Imagine that. Imagine grinding all season in the championship, right? To go and battle with mid-table teams. What's the point? I, I I just didn't think it would ever happen. And you 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 did think it would happen. Fair play to you, but I really didn't think it would ever happen. I know we've been talking about it on and off for a few years, but I just don't it's understand. It's been coming for ages. It's it been has been coming, but it has years. it has been coming. Uh, just quickly before we go off on another rant, Joe, as a Liverpool fan, I know you're very passionate about that and I'm probably going to use that as a clip on social media or whatever. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, as a Liverpool fan especially, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm more pissed off with Tottenham than I ever have been. Like, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But as a Liverpool fan, and like Gary Neville was saying in that interview, the people's club, the working man's club, technically, you know, it's all about the fans in Liverpool. You'll never walk alone. It's all a community club. It really is. And I know over the last few years, it's become commercialised and globalised because that's what's happened with football and especially the big six teams. But doesn't it hurt you that they're the leading, one of the leading teams, the Glazers and the, um, sorry, the Glazers, and then, sorry, yeah, Glazers and the Henrys, the American owners. Does that not hurt you that, they, they've forgotten their ethos. It's, I mean, Bill Shankly's turning his grave at the moment and it sickens me because he's like, everyone just fucking, just sorry for the story, he loves no, no. Shankly. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, he was just, I mean, obviously I wasn't alive, but just hearing about him and through generations and stuff, just everything to that club. And it is the people's club. You never walk alone. You know, in that city, it's just, it's just everything in that city, whether you're red or blue, but obviously mm. the red side of it is the disgrace at the moment. And it's just everything that isn't Liverpool. Like, Liverpool's respected worldwide. And it's because of like, it's because of the fans. It's, it's not because of what they're like upstairs. It's because of the fans. It's because of the togetherness. Mm. And even, even earlier this week, it makes me, it makes me sad. I know it's a bit of a tangent, but you know, the, the Hillsborough Memorial, like think of those 92 fans, or 96 fans, sorry. I was about to say that, you know, uh, sorry, just interjecting quickly. 
I was about to say, wasn't the anniversary the other day, right? Or, or maybe this week. Fans, like, imagine how, they, how they'd feel about this. Exactly. It's, it's or anyone that was at that game, because that changed football. That changed modern football, That what happened that day, because of what happened in terms of the fact we had to have, you know, seated stadiums. And God, you know, thank God we do. But the fact that technically that was a big moment in Liverpool's history because, you know, you'll never walk alone and everything that came with that, the song, you know, all the 20 years of battling in court, what, for those people's families to go and watch the Super League on the on a Wednesday night and not be in the Premier League? That's it's, all just, I- it's disgusting for them. And, you know, we've now got Boris Johnson coming out and speaking about how this is a disgrace for the country and we've got to stand by our teams and stuff. He was working with his son when they were exposing mm. the fact it was Liverpool fans' problems. So he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's just because he's worried about, you know, the Premier League brings in a lot of traffic for, you know, tourism and for for the economy in the country. So again, it's all it's all to do with money. And I I said about I respect Gary Neville's rant and he said a lot of truth and I stand by everything he said. I think it's brilliant. And I'm so happy that he's vocal on it. But you know, he he owns part of Salford, who are, they have a vision of making it to the top and this is disrupting that. Mm-hmm. You know, Sky are, are worried because they've got huge assets in the Premier League and that could devalue their brand that could devalue you know the, the broadcasting rights so they've everyone's got everyone's got their reason to care but the only thing that that holds it together is of course finances is, is at the focal point and i said i don't care about the owners wanting the money because it makes sense it's just still the understanding and just the human nature and the ethical side of it whereas mm. you know i've seen people come out like this um criminal lawyers that have been working for 24 years have said they have never seen such like lack of empathy and just they've never dealt with people like these people at the top it's, there's just no care at all and it's no. scary and the premier league with honest themselves i was saying to you this already the premier league became their own brand the premier league when it formed in 92 that's why i was getting <laughs> forgotten earlier because i was trying to think ahead you know although it still works within the tier system that's the difference they they were their own thing they're their own brand they want to be huge they want to be the best league they still worked within within the within the pyramid, but they've invited these sharks to come in. They've invited these owners to take charge of these huge clubs, and it's bitten them in the arse basically because now they've got even more money, more power, and it's finally got to the point. They're like, "Well, do you know what? We're going to do more power- because they're more powerful than the league themselves." Because I reckon the top six owners could buy out the Premier League. That's how Bennett is and corrupt. Yeah, there's got to um, be sanctions in place. There's got to be things in place. You can own a club, but there's got to be, regardless of, that's the thing. They think they can have so much money. We can do what we want. We're untouchable. Regardless of the money, there's still got to be measures in place to keep order. You should be able to work within your means, not completely take the club and take the history and take everything out of it. Well, I'll give you a breather, Joe, because... Um... The reason I'm on my phone is I was going to look at some questions maybe to, um, it's probably going to wind us up more in terms of, you know, you know love the questions from the fans, but um, a lot of them are obviously to do with the Super League this week. And um, I'm just going to start with the first one. Actually, I'm not going to go with the Super League first because I think we need to breathe from it for a minute just to get our heart rates back. But um, about Mason again. No, I'm joking, but... Well, actually, that was the question. Um, so how will this, this one's from at L Clayton, 150385 and he or she asks how will the starting lineup change under Ryan Mason? I don't know. 
<laughs> All right, I'll, answer, I'll answer this one. So the, the way I think it will change is um, he's going to come in. He's going to realise that um, Harry Kane, Hung Min Son are all bigger players than Ryan Mason ever was. So he's going to start thinking to himself, I, this is a very cynical way of looking at it. I think it's because I'm just so annoyed with Tottenham at the moment. But, you know, the, most of the players in the Tottenham team have had a more successful career than Ryan Mason, right or wrong. Right. Also, slightly not through his own fault, but I know what you mean, like in terms of... No, 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 no. I'm not talking down to Ryan Mason, you know, Tottenham. I'm not even going to say he's... I'm not saying he's a legend, but I'm saying, you know, fair play. He's associated with Tottenham. He has been with the club for like 20 years on and off as a coach or whatever. You know, fair play. I'm not talking down to Ryan Mason. My point is, this is what I fear for Ryan Mason until the end of the season. If If the players weren't listening to Jose Mourinho or there was problems in the dressing room, right? And the players fell out with some of the players fell out with Pochettino and he lost the dressing room, right? Yeah. Why are they going to listen to Ryan Mason, ex Tottenham player that won nothing? Whole City midfielder. But yeah. you get my point. Yeah, so, I know. in answer did he to play the question, I think he I'm did sure very briefly when he was in his, in his younger stages, 2014, I believe. But anyway, my point is uh, going back to the question, how will the starting lineup change? I think we'll probably be, I think he'll just do a the team writes for itself mostly. It's just the defence is a mess. I mean, it's probably going to be Kane up top, up top, but the thing is, obviously, he's injured and, and he didn't train with the team today and yesterday, which is absolute nightmare for Tottenham because he's probably not going to play on Sunday and he's definitely not going to play tomorrow against um, Southampton or today when you're listening to this. And I think it'll be Son up front if Kane doesn't play, but if Kane plays, then, then Kane up front. I think Son on the right, if he if Kane's playing, if not, it'd be um, probably Lamella. Lucas behind. I think he's going to play Bale because he was there when Bale was there, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think he'll it'll, it'll, it'll be a bit fanboy over that. Let's be honest. I know Ryan Mason's older than Gareth Bale, but he's going to be like, I'm playing. You know, I've got Gareth Bale for six games. Mm. You would, wouldn't you? So I think Gareth Bale will get a look in. Hoybjerg and. Um, on Dumbula, um, right back, I go. I think he'll probably play. I got a horrible feeling he's going to play Doherty, you know. I, 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 he's back I, yet. he might still be injured. Um, um, but anyway, centre back, I think he's then going to play Toby. <laughs> Toby and <laughs> Rodon, and then he'll probably play Regulon and Lloris, and we're going to lose the final. <laughs> the thing is, like, managers, I know you got sacked, what, yesterday, whatever, but he would have known who he wanted to start in that final. He would have known who he wanted to start, and the players would have had an idea of who he wanted to start. The managers always do. They know, and then you know, training happens through the week or you might have midweek games and things can can change. Mm. But the majority of managers know their best team and they know the team they want to play. And with Ryan Mason coming in, there's managers usually do one of two things when they come in. They keep the team the same because they then, you know, want to see the team in action and then make a decision based off that. Mm. Or what some people do, either either via arrogance or just belief. You know, they, they see it for themselves after a few training sessions and then they decide 
and make some changes and try and you know bring in a player that maybe wasn't playing if they have a great game they'll be hailed you're, you're either hanging out to dry or you're glorified an amazing managerial change so it's just does he have the the balls maybe to do that if, if that's where he mm. wants to go down or will he just do what Mourinho I did think he'll be nice I think it'll be a bit of both. I think he'll bring in a couple of players, like I said. I think he'll bring in Bale. And Dot, I just looked it up. I thought it was. Doherty is back in contention for Southampton, so he'll probably be in contention for the um, Man City game. And I honestly think I've got a weird feeling he's going to play Doherty. I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, because I can't stand the bloke, and I think he's a terrible footballer. I don't think he's a right back. I think he's a right wing back, and we don't play five at the back. And... um, who knows? He might even play Ben. Ryan Mason can't lose though. He's in a good position because he's going to be respected. He's doing it essentially. He's coming in like as an interim and just he's going to be like Shakespeare, man. Uh, Leicester. He's going to. Yeah. He might do well for his final few games and then get appointed. That's what's going to happen. I'm telling you now. I can't it, see it. Like, if, but he either doesn't do well and pretty much, you know, he had a bit of a, he had a bit of a play and then that was it. Or he does do well and then gets offered a job out of it, but I can't see it. It's a win-win, isn't it? He's going to get a bit of money for it anyway. Exactly. But, but um, just quickly, and, and, and before we answer the uh, next question, I, I don't think you agree with me on this one, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Mourinho's been sacked, and like we said, it might have been because of the media and um, to deter the attention away from the Super League, it might have been coming anyway. But for me, with Tottenham managers in the past, and especially comparing the Pochettino-Mourinho transition, Mourinho was lined up even before Pochettino got sacked, right? Mm -hmm. So my point is, it seems a bit hasty sacking Mourinho for some now. I have a weird feeling we have someone else lined up already, and I don't know who it is, right? But for me, Bayern Munich um, have confirmed that their manager is going to be the Germany manager and, and succeed Joachim Lowe, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the Bayern Munich jobs up for um, scraps, and obviously, the Bayern Munich favourite is Nagelsmann because, and there's talks that Fabrizio Romano said Nagelsmann has, has been in contact, etc. Has Levy gone? That was my plan. That was my man. I need to go and talk to Nagelsmann now agreed a deal potentially we all don't know about including the press and Nagelsmann's going to come out and be the next manager next week I, I, I've got a feeling I really have got a feeling that something's been agreed because you don't just sack a manager and appoint Ryan Mason till the end of the season mm. unless there's a serious plan unless they've gone out and got their man because for me people were shocked when Mourinho suddenly got appointed right you remember if you remember rightly Mourinho uh, Pochettino got sacked on I think it was a Wednesday night the Thursday morning before I'd even woken up Mourinho was uh, appointed mm. that was that was planned weeks ago I know Mourinho was doing Sky Sports appearances that year that was agreed ages before Pochettino got sacked right or wrong yeah I just you're saying about oh that was my man like you went and got your man 17 months ago so to undermine him that badly there's stuff that goes on upstairs, as we know, and players not feeling, you know, maybe not getting on with him too much and him not maybe getting the backing that he should have done. Like, if they're already tapping up other managers and that might, he must be able to sense that, which maybe mm-hmm. have, has resulted to some of the downfall of performances in the club. But like, you went and got your man 17 months ago for an extreme price as well. So it's a very expensive decision, but... No, that's agree. how they want to run the club. That's how they want to run the club. I know. 
I would agree. We did get our man, but um, I, I'm done talking about management. I mean, Ryan Mason till the end of the season has got me too much. Um, I, and, and there's a lot of people who are actually happy about it. And to be honest with you, I'm happy for Ryan Mason. I'm not happy for mm. Tottenham Hotspur Football Club because we're a top, we're a big six club apparently, right? And we've got Ryan Mason as, and I know that happens when a manager gets sacked if you don't have someone lined up. But if we don't have someone good lined up, I mean, like Irish Hotspur, we were saying last week, it doesn't matter who manages this club. It could be Guardiola, right? He's, if he hasn't got the tools and the facilities to make mm. us a top four team again, even, Ryan Mason's not going to be able to do it. I'm interested for Wednesday's game now. Although I'm not, because I'm still not sure if I actually care watching the league until this all gets... Agreed. Anyway. What, a, what a funny episode this is. Anyway, we'll do a couple more questions. Um, so, Jim Prente asks, did Mourinho deserve to be sacked before the Carabao Cup final? My answer is no. no. What's yours, Joe? No. no. Next question. Jim Prente again. We'll give him another one. Opinions on Ryan Mason being prompted to manager until next season. Would you have rather it been anyone else? Actually, if we were talking about interims, I'd have rather seen Ledby King be the manager till the mm. end of the season. That was because, the obvious choice, wasn't it? Because I thought that was what would happen. Because right, um, maybe Ledby King got offered it and he said he didn't want to. He wanted to be the assistant and he's still going to be the assistant first team, uh, first team coach. Uh, just Ryan Mason's got to me. Honestly, it really has. I, and I know a lot of people are happy about it, right? I've seen a lot of people, a Spurs-related run a poll, 75% of people are happy that he's there till the end of the season. I'm, the, I'm, honestly, the 20, I'm honestly the 25%. Because you don't sack Mourinho, serial winner, six days before a cup final. You let him do it. If he loses, then you can sack him, and then it would make a bit more sense. I mean, I still wouldn't sack him till the end of the season, personally. But you give... You, Something's happened because you surely don't sack a person that has been to every single club, right? Every single club he's won something, hasn't he? That's right. Yeah. So this is the only club he hasn't won something at. And I called that. I said he'd be the only, this would be the only club he won't win something at. But you know what? I feel a bit sorry for him because he hasn't been given the opportunity to win something. He's got there to the cup final. Yeah. We've got a fairly easy route, but we've got to the cup final. We've beaten Chelsea. And now he hasn't even had his opportunity to win it. I mean, th- to me, that's a joke in itself. I mean, I don't know what you think, but yeah, he's got to be given. He's got to be. I mean, the end of the season, it's just got to be given the cup final. He's got him there six days, like they're saying and about six, results. And stuff. Six days and six games. Six games of the yeah, season. They can say about results and stuff. You've got Southampton in the week, which you, you'd hope you can get a result against him. You know, they've just played in the FA Cup as well. And then the cup final, you can you can allow them another two two games to at least change it or just try and get some silverware, which they've wanted for so long, 13 years now. And they brought him in. He was the man, like you're saying, 17 months ago mm. to win a trophy, bring a trophy to North London. He's now got a chance to do so and you chip him off. It just doesn't make any sense. Oh. They must. I'm sure stuff's going to come out and I'm sure Mourinho's going to do his best to... Uh, make some stories and sell some stories on that. So I'm sure we'll hear it in, in the coming months. All right, then. One more question. We're going to go with... Do, 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 do. We're going to go with... At Curtis... At Kurtz... Sorry, I've put that. At Kurt Smith 25 on Instagram. 
asks, would you keep Mason if we won all our final games, including the Carabao Cup final? No. You answer, Joe? <laughs> I've never seen him, probably. You, I'd wanna, I'd, I'm interested to see how he's going to be to the end of the season. But, I mean, for, for the direction you want to move your club into, into a European Super League, um, I don't think he's the man that's going to steer the ship. But he's opinion, got, I think that's- the reason why my answer was no and so blunt, I'll give you three, three answers. One, he's not got any managerial experience other than assistant head coach or whatever. Two, he's managing apparently a big six team, right? And this Ryan Mason, like you said, old city midfielder. We give him respect. He was a Tottenham midfielder as well. Come on, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel. I think I would feel differently about it if it was if we were saying Ledley King, because if Ledley King won the cup and got us top four, which top four is not going to happen, but if Ledley King won us the cup and 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 our football's better, why not, right? I don't know, Ryan Mason for me. I always thought I thought it was a joke when I read it. I was very shocked to see Ryan Mason and Chris Powell ever. I was just like, hey, Yeah, and Chris Powell, how cool. random, ex Charlton manager. I mean It just seems like you get a call like, Oh, you free for a, you free tomorrow. Yeah, you free, that's, yeah, you yeah, you free for a few days and just to manage, you know, <laughs> potentially a cup final that Tottenham needs to win for the first cup in 13, 14 years. Yeah, nice one. Anyway, um, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there and and I'm going to conclude this episode. Guys, thank you very much for watching and listening to the Spurs Related Podcast. Joe, thank you for your time and thank you for your passionate um, rants about Liverpool and the Super League. Sorry for my rants. We love them. We love uh, them. Went off on a tangent, but I'm just just so pissed about it. I've had a day to think about it and I'm still mad and raging and it's just... I'm not going to go into it again. So, yeah. It's as are we all. And um, as are we all. And um, thank you so much for joining me. And like I said, guys, thanks for watching the Spurs Related Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Spurs Related Podcast and listening. Make sure you subscribe to us. Make sure you share the videos with your friends. Make sure to hit a like and the subscribe and turn notifications on. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. 1991, but let us not forget. Ten years ago, we won the Cup in 81, you bet. It was Tottenham Hotspur when Aussie's dream come true. Now it's 1991, the Spurs know what to do. It's lucky for Spurs when the year ends in one. They first won the Cup when the century begun. It's lucky for Spurs when the year ends in one. So this is the year for Spurs.